On today's episode of Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak, we give our latest thoughts on what we've seen from the Cubs and White Sox in the last week or so. Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak starts right now. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Ryan Klimchak. He's Jake Klimchak. And Jake, let's just dive right into things here. The Chicago Cubs, uh, really sort of a brutal weekend. What do you think of that? I mean, I know it's June and we shouldn't make too much of a weekend like that, but they're in a close race with the Brewers and we expect it to sort of stay that way, at least until the last couple weeks of the season, because the Brewers, like we've mentioned several times, are a better team than they were last year. What do you make of a four-game set like that uh, that the Cubs had over the the Reds over the weekend? I think players and coaches on the Cubs would be the first to tell you that that's unacceptable. You can't have series like that when you're, you know, picked to win win the World Series. But the good news for the Cubs is that it's it's still only late June here, so that like it's not the end of the world that they ended up getting swept by the Reds because. Not too long ago, we were just talking about how good they were playing, you know, taking two out of three against pretty solid teams. Uh, but I, I just don't see the cause for concern right now with the Cubs as much as maybe other people do. And partly that could be because maybe the Brewers don't have as big of a lead on them. Right now, I mean, only two and a half games. It could be a lot worse when you look at how well the Brewers have played this year. They're could say that they're overperforming maybe just a little bit yeah I I don't like to make too much of things in 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 June in a series like that and and look at the Reds too people need to give them credit because they've actually uh they've been on an eight game winning streak that was just snapped yesterday uh Monday night I should say against the Braves uh but they they were on an eight game winning streak after that series against the Cubs so so kudos to them uh playing some really good baseball of late and earlier in the season I know the Dodgers are a different team now seem to be completely different they're on a tear of uh of late especially the last month or so the Dodgers have really found and and hit their stride like we're used to seeing them uh do but I believe the Reds went to L.A. for a four-game series earlier this year, and the Dodgers uh, got swept there by the Reds. So the Reds are one of those fluky teams where it's sort of they have good series. And ever since Riggleman took over, too, they, I think they're not they're not as bad of a team as what their record exactly. shows, I think, at this point right now. That certainly is the case. And also, you know, a baseball phrase that gets tossed around here and there is it's not who you play, it's when you play them. You yeah. know, the Cubs are, are filled with all-stars. You look up and down their lineup. That's not that's really not a concern uh, in the long haul, I guess, in the grand scheme of things that, until we see what happens at the end of the year. But, I mean, you look at the way the Dodgers are playing now. I mean, you're playing them at a bad time, too. That's also the case. And then the Reds you just mentioned. So there is a little bit of that. I mean, you did uh, take two out of three against the Dodgers just a week ago. 
So, I mean, that could kind of show you how how kind of the attitudes change in a 162-game season. It's a long season, and a lot's going to happen. Heck, a lot happened last year. We saw it. It's a good example with the Cubs last year. And the Cubs are better than last year at this point. I mean, in the All-Star break, there were three games under, right? Something like that? With, yeah. They were under 500 games, yeah. at the break last year. But right now, they're 42-34, and 34, uh, sitting pretty comfortably, I think, in second place in the division. I think St. Louis... I, they might have done enough against the Brewers when they had that four-game set over the weekend, uh, winning two. They lost the first two but were able to win the next two, I believe, Saturday and Sunday night. But uh, St. Louis has done enough to, to sort of stay in it, but I don't think that they're going to surpass and, and top, even finish those second. Those top three it looks teams like, in the NL Central alone, I mean, you can make a case that the NL Central is maybe the best division in the National League. I still think there's a good argument there. Yes, the NL East is pretty good, but, I mean, I think you got three solid teams at the top of the Central. And I don't think playing Pittsburgh and Cincinnati for those two teams being spoilers, I don't know if you want, really want to play those two teams. Like, I don't think you look forward to. I mean, we saw it this weekend with the Cubs. Yeah. I, there's There's some teams in that division that you just don't want to play, I guess. Another thing to look for when you're when you're seeing the Cubs struggles is that I feel like this year I feel like they've been less fortunate on the injury side obviously in a 162 game year for baseball you're gonna go through periods where guys are getting hurt but we saw Rizzo get hurt at the beginning of the year he had to go on the DL with the back injury and now we see Chris Bryant I feel like the Cubs are less fortunate overall as injuries. I mean, the even just look at the bullpen. Look at some of the arms they have. Yes, they have Darvish coming back as in the starting rotation, but just some of the guys that they've had to bring up from AAA, like a lot of the names are unrecognizable right now. Especially in that bullpen. Mm-hmm. It, it just looks completely different. And uh, bullpens from year to year for every team, they really change because it's hard to sustain success in the bullpen. We saw that with Kansas City all those years, even when they were uh, making runs at championships uh, in 14 and then 15 when they won it. I mean, we saw some players sort of a, a turnover there. They kept a lot of their main pieces together, but the Cubs, there's just a lot of new faces. And the injuries, yes, that's a huge part of it. With- Anytime you lose your closer, too, I feel like that kind of puts the bullpen kind of not out of control, but it it just makes a lot of other guys' jobs harder. Yeah. Especially when you have an established closer like Brandon Morrow, and who's it, been pretty good this year. The truth is you, you look at uh the the roster for the Cubs and the and the names you see in the bullpen, like you mentioned, not being able to recognize any of them. But I feel like they've done actually a pretty good job. They've done everything they're asked to do. Uh, all the Cubs' problems, it seems like they've been in the starting rotation. And that and comes that, as a surprise, I think. I think so, too, because we looked at that you know, five-man rotation at the start of the year, especially getting Darvish, uh, saying this is probably one of the best rotations in baseball, and it just hasn't been that way yet. I think Montgomery's been a really big, bright spot for this team. And do you think that they should make a six-man rotation even when Darvish comes back after this rehab assignment? I don't know if I'd go to that extent right now. Like, I think that's kind of hitting the panic button, but... It's not a panic move, though. I, I think it'd be a good thing. You know, Lester, 
who's 34. He's grasp. having an Lester's amazing ha- year. Yeah. Lester should be an all-star. A There's two no ten ERA. Right. Yeah, be in DC. Yeah, and I'm to be honest, I'm kind of surprised he's come out and pitched really good. Like if Lester may, if Lester hasn't been this good this year, I don't know where the Cubs would be. Yeah, nine and two. Because I Lester. feel like there's a huge drop off because Quintana hasn't really thrown the ball that well, and even Hendricks, he hasn't really been the same uh, Kyle Hendricks that we've seen the last few years. So Lester is definitely, he you could argue he's at the top of his game right now. But I I think just just a six man rotation though would alleviate a lot of the issues though. I I, I think. Especially when you had a guy like Darvish, who's who's had a couple injuries this year, uh, and who's struggled a little bit, you don't think that an extra day off would help him? And if Montgomery's been pretty good lately, I don't see why they they shouldn't do that. You know, I I don't I don't see the need to jump to a six man rotation. I think that kind of points to the idea that these guys are fatigued. I don't know if fatigue is what the Cubs have going no, on No, not here. yet. But I'm, I'm just saying when you have six starting pitchers. Because I like to think of Mike Montgomery as a starting pitcher. I don't think he's a relief pitcher anymore. I think he's too good to I be think a reliever. He's too good to be a long reliever. Yeah. Like, I feel in in most he's baseball st- he situations. He doesn't have the stuff, though, to end I feel like be a late game no, reliever. No, he doesn't. Either. I think he's a starter. He probably fits in more to the back end of the rotation. And if he's on any other team, I think he's a starter, and I don't even think it's really a, a question. I get that, and that's where I kind of uh, fight with that whole some baseball philosophies, I guess, for the long reliever. I mean, it feels like every team kind of has that one guy that they bring up in mop-up roles. Even Travis Wood a few years ago with the Cubs, he kind of had the same kind of uh, you know, he'd make spot starts every so often for the Cubs a few years ago. Uh, that's kind of Montgomery's role on this team. I don't know if that's really a spot of value. You know, like maybe you could get more with him pitching every fifth day or so, having yeah. him in the back end of the rotation. But it's it's interesting and and I'm something that's caught me off guard just as a Sox fan is Quintana struggling. Because he pitched pretty good for the Cubs the second half of last year. I think I, I didn't really expect him to, to be this slow out of the gate. Yeah, he didn't have a very good start against the Reds on Saturday. I believe it was when he pitched. But he's 6-6 six and six this year, 4.26 ERA. Yeah, that is surprising. Because I think that a lot of Sox fans, we, we know how good Quintana was. Because it was all about Quintana not getting the run support on the south well, side of Chicago. Go, then you go north and you say, yeah. okay, he's going to get a lot of run support there. And he had, I mean, he's gotten a decent amount. But now he's just struggled a little bit. I, I do think he'll get back to better. And, and what we saw as Sox fans, though, well, I I. Th- I still think he'll figure it out. When you have Lester pitching the way he is, so let's say he continues this throughout the year, then let's say Darvish comes back and and throws the ball decently well, you're not asking Jose Quintana to be an ace of the pitching staff. No. You're just not, and he's probably not an ace. I think most baseball fans already know that, but what they do need for him, they need him to go seven or eight innings, and he did that a lot last year. I mean, whether he'd get the run support or not when he was in the Sox uniform, it seemed like more often than not he would not get run support in a White Sox jersey. But they need him going later in ball games if they want to, if they want to turn it around a little bit. 
yeah, we'll we'll see about Quintana, but I I just think I have the faith in him. I think he can turn it around and and start to look like the Jose Quintana of more. And I disagree with you, actually. I I think there were points uh, where we saw him pitch for the White Sox, and we said this guy probably is almost good enough to be a number one on a different team. And he was kind of on the Sox last year uh, when they got rid of Sale. But but I think that he, I still. Th- think that people need to be a little bit more patient with him and and we talk about who's won the trade the White Sox or Cubs in that one let's settle down on that it's too. really one's, compl- it's a com- one's in the MLB yeah. right now okay and and the other two pieces Cease and Jimenez they're not there yet I mean the, every indication looks like Cease and uh, Jimenez are going to be really really good for the White Sox in the future but let's not let's slow down a little bit I think it's one of those rare scenarios where I think both teams got what they needed. You know, the Sox got Cease and Jimenez. Those two guys are going to be pretty good. All indications point to that. And then if you're the Cubs, I mean, there's a lot of things you got to factor in here. One, I mean, you had Lester. You know he's the ace of the staff. And then you go out and sign you Darvish. And Jose Quintana's contract, you just look at his contract. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that's great. You know, that puts puts you right into, you know, that whole uh, Manny Machado or even Bryce Harper discussions. Like, you never know if Jose Quintana's contract helped helped them go out and get a U Darvish or could possibly help them go out and get uh, Machado or Harper in this offseason. So there's just a lot of things in play. I don't know if you could say that there's a winner or a loser right now. Yeah, Quintana's contract, I pulled it up still right too now. Early. Five years, $26 million. Cubs still have two more full years under control after this season. Well, just look and, at- and they don't owe him a whole lot. So, yeah, that. Look- and if you're paying that for a fourth or fifth starter in your rotation, even a third starter, that's not bad at all. In fact, I think that's uh, that's good for Look the team because it's Chatwood. very team friendly. Look at what they gave. Yeah. Ch- they gave Chatwood four years, like forty million. Quintana's making less than Chatwood, so it's under the market price, and that it's way under that the market aspect price. of the deal alone. If you're paying that much for fourth or fifth uh, starter in your rotation or third third pitcher in your rotation, however you want to put it, anywhere three through five in your rotation. That's a very, very reasonable price, even for the numbers Jose Quintana's produced this year. That's a very reasonable price for his contract, extremely team-friendly. And that alone made it a really attractive deal for the Cubs. So I don't like talking about who won that trade yet. Only time will tell, but you can see how both teams were helped in that. Okay, talking about Quintana and his White Sox days just a little bit. Let's move on to the White Sox. They started out really pretty bad <laughs> this year. There's no other way to put it. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. But I, I think they've hit another spurt where they've become a little bit more watchable of late. Would, would you agree with that? Is that a fair assessment? Because I, I, I feel I like they do that. I haven't lost interest but... much this year. Like, if you're a Sox fan, you should have known what, what this season would entail. Did I think that they were going to be better this year? Yeah, I did. And I'm kind of surprised they've been, you know, as bad as what their record says. But if you look around the rest of the American League, they're clearly not as bad as Kansas City or not as bad as Baltimore. And even just that alone, you look at, you know, what teams are going to do at the deadline. The Sox really don't have a lot of assets left to sell, maybe outside of James Shields, who someone may get. You might not get a huge return. We've talked about that before. 
But, like, they're still going to have, like, this team constructed, and I think they're going to be able to get some more wins in the second half of the year. So before fans want to call it a disappointment, even though it kind of is, sure, but it is a rebuild. I think keeping your eye open on the second half, you know, when we possibly see Kopech and Jimenez come up and maybe some even younger guys come up and the rosters expand, you know, I think that's when you can kind of judge the team. I think that's when the season starts. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't know what piece that because that's the biggest thing in a rebuild with the major league team that's in front of you. It's which pieces are they going to sell? Yeah, which guys are right now are going to be on the team after July? I don't know if there's a lot of guys that they're going to trade this year. I don't think there's really any. Because there's not a whole lot of bullpen arms. Soria, actually Soria pitching the way he has uh, the last couple weeks or so, he really turned it around. I think that that might be one of the most important things to happen to the Major League team this, this, uh, this year. Is if Soria turned it around... And to be able to trade him, at least for something at the deadline, that would be pretty big. Someone like Nate Jones, too. I mean, his fastball still is pretty lively, and he has a solid slider. Uh, he hasn't pitched his best this year, but he's coming off of, like, arm injury after arm injury. So I do think that there are bullpen pieces that we could see moved on this team. But as far as bats, I think Garcia, Avi, uh, and uh, Jose Abreu, I think they're staying put. I think really the only guy I could say that's most likely going to definitely be traded is James Shields. Uh, I think Soria, too. You, I think Soria and Shields, I think I feel uh, very confident in saying uh, both of them will be traded. I don't think they're going to get a whole lot just because I think the market's sort of dictating that. Uh, but I think both of them will be traded. And and Shields is a really good addition for a lot of teams that are looking for depth. I just don't think he's like a – is it weird? I don't think he's like a – he might be a fifth starter on, on some playoff teams, but I don't think he's anything more than that. He might even be a long reliever at this point for when, a contending team, and that's why I don't think they're going to get as much for him as And that's when I've hope. had That's when I've had Sox fans come up to me and say, which I do agree with to some extent, that – you know, he's more valuable on the Sox than he would be uh, with the assets that you could actually get back for him. Like, he's pretty valuable on the Sox this year. And what he's done, eating up innings, he leads the team in innings. And he probably will at the end of the year you if know, he stays in the a uniform. 459 ERA. Dude, no, it's that's not, not going to get you a very big return. But I do think that he he's done... He's done enough to where, you know, if he sticks around the second half, I, I understand why he would. And yeah. I don't know if there's a whole lot of trade interest out there to begin with, especially if you're going to see guys like Bumgarner and DeGrom or Syndergaard, Archer, those guys go off the market too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. We'll see. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of White Sox developments other than Dunning getting the MRI. On his shoulder. Some of these injuries scare me, though. When you're looking at the minor leagues, maybe Cubs fans dealt with this, too. I just wasn't pl- paying close attention. But when you're rebuilding and stuff in these young prospects, we saw Berger go down. I think it was Aldolfo with the with the wrist injury that he's playing with. He's DHing down in uh, Winston-Salem. But I, it, it stinks when you see some of these young guys get hurt because, I mean... It's hard to be patient when you see the numbers that they're posting up in the minors. 
it's it, the only thing about those guys getting because injuries are gonna happen. Any sport, anywhere, any any yeah, anything injuries are gonna happen. But the thing is, when you're in a rebuild like this, it does push back the development. There's no doubt about that. And and some of these guys maybe I mean who were later gonna arrive later in Chicago anyway. But some of these other guys, like the couple guys you mentioned, I mean, it's definitely going to hurt their development. And they won't, uh, when we thought they'd be here in like maybe two or three years to the major league team, instead they're going to be here uh, even later, maybe four or five years. So, yeah, that does suck a little bit. But, yeah, any, any anything else with the White Sox? I mean, that's pretty much all in the... Uh, the White Sox world, I feel like. Just Abreu still leads uh Yeah, first I saw that. And he, leads by, he leads yeah. by a sizable amount. I think well, that you can be, almost write that in. That he'll he's be an be all-star star. no matter what, I think you could say. Him and Moreland are probably the two first basemen. I think he's definitely going to start, too. I, I think he's got a pretty big lead. He's, he's a good... Uh, yeah, he's probably a lock in, at first base. So it, it it's interesting, but it's good to see him being an all-star. Is he the only all-star on the Sox? I think so. Probably. I think so. There was a point at the beginning of the year where I'm like, maybe if Mankata keeps up the hitting, but he's been pretty streaky, and that average is really ducked down. Plus, there's a plethora of second basemen in the American League. There was a point where I thought Lopez yeah, would be in there, but he's struggled. You look at his home and road splits. He's been really good at home. But when he started on the road, not nearly as good. Does Abreu do the uh, home run derby? I don't think so. And I think he's already expressed uh, that he doesn't want to and he doesn't really have any desire. Guys are scared. The biggest question is if Ichiro does the home run derby. That's been floated around in a lot of places. Yeah, it's a real real thing, real rumor. I think he'd do it. I just think they'd need to ask him. Yeah. I think he would have done it any of the years that he was playing in the All-Star game. I think that would make it even more watchable. You look at what Judge did last year, uh, posting up those massive numbers in the Home Run Derby and the fact that it was timed and stuff and how he didn't really tire it out as much, as quick as other guys. But then you look at his second half, he did his numbers did dive down. I think guys are hesitant. Yeah. So and it's I, interesting. I, I still I, – every year I say I'm not going to watch it, but then I end up watching it. And they've done some things with the format to kind of keep it moving and more action. I think it's just better now than it's ever been before. But I, it'll be interesting this year, and it'll be pretty exciting. And we'll talk about it more once we get closer to the All-Star. It's only a couple weeks away. Yeah, not too long. Nationals Park. It's interesting away. how a lot of uh, – it's going to be at an NL Park. Well, this is the second year in a row. Where's it the third year? Where was it in? Because uh, it was. Yeah, it's the third year in a row, isn't it? 2016 San Diego, 2017 last year Marlins mm-hmm. Park, and then Nationals Park. The NL teams are willing to throw out the money. That's I why. thought it'd switch every year. I thought there That's was an what agreement. I thought it, that it was an agreement. But now they too, just. But it's, it's just, just high hi- bitter. Yeah, it's high as bitter now. I think they wanted to change you that. You can understand. Right I believe the I rules guess. change, though, from year to year. The DH and the. The pitcher, although they should just let the DH happen every year. At least I think that's how it is, isn't it? Yeah. 
Anyway, there's a DH this year. That's all I know. Maybe they just changed that to where there's always a DH. And they, they don't get... want the pitchers. Yeah, hitting. they shouldn't. I don't think and they to shouldn't begin have with. ever. But I think when it was in an NL park not too long ago, I think pitchers did hit, didn't You're they? Switching pitchers constantly too. Yeah. So I guess you'd. It's so much better that it's not for anything because it was all about getting everybody in anyway. Who who was an all star? And the game itself is the best all star game in sports. Yeah, still, there's something change. majestic about baseball. So you didn't really need to make it for anything to give it a lot of value, but it's still there and it'll still be a cool watch. And when they mic'd up George Springer last year, uh, I think they mic'd up Harper too, uh, in right field and and the interactions between the commentators Buck and Smoltz and and the outfielders. I thought that was really cool. I think baseball, even in the regular season, should explore things like that with teams. I think it makes uh, an even bet for an even better watch. So, so we'll see. The All Star Game certainly something to get excited for in the next couple of weeks. I think that just about does it here for Reality Check with Klimchak and Klimchak. I'm Ryan Klimchak. He's Jake Klimchak. Thanks for listening. <laughs>